Hey, I'm Aaron Brown, and um, I don't remember how I start these things. Let's just let's just start over. Okay, here's the deal. When I was younger in kids' church, I remember distinctly that um, this one guy said he didn't have a dad. Well, he had a dad, but his dad was in prison. And I was probably in, like, the third grade. So I was like, oh, my God, what happened to your dad? And he told me at the time that his dad overdosed on vitamins. So his dad went to jail. Looking back, his dad had a drug problem and he went to jail. But I was terrified until I got older that I was going to overdose on vitamins. Now, more specifically, I thought I was going to overdose on Flintstone vitamins. So I was terrified if I ever forgot that I took them because I didn't want to take another one and have two Flintstones vitamins and, you know, go to jail and maybe die by taking two of the chewy dinos, you know, that's logical. So yeah, these are some of the lies I was told in my past that affect how I am today. Hi, I'm Aaron. Welcome to my Aaron talk. So this is less of a story and more of a question, and if anyone can answer it, that would be wonderful. How many times can you ignore somebody's call before any excuse is going to work? Because you can only use the excuse like, Oh, sorry, my phone was on silent in the other room under a pillow. Or, oh, sorry, I was taking out the trash for a really long time. Only so many times before they start to catch on. So, like, I feel like after about five times, just any excuse isn't going to work. You just have to be straight and be like, hey, I can't talk to you right now because I'm watching the Tiger Man or whatever it's called on Netflix right now. So, sorry. So I didn't make one of these episodes at Christmas time. um, And I've been sitting on this one thought since then. And it's just a one-off joke. It's not even really a joke. It's just more of a terrible thought. Um, Imagine the song... Where are you Christmas, but from the perspective of a little blind girl? Where are you Christmas? Why can't I find you? Why have you gone away? And scene. It's kind of awful, but it is my show, so here we are. Okay, has anyone ever hated when you get a haircut and you walk into like, let's say school or work or something. And everyone looks at you and points like, Hey, did you get a haircut? What the heck is that? What, why as a society do we need to point out every haircut that a person gets and ask the question, Hey, did you get a haircut? Yeah, dummy. I got a haircut. What do you think happened that my hair just kind of shrunk into itself? Or like when parents are like, Hey, did they ask about your haircut? Why, why does it matter? It's like, Hey, did you trim your fingernails today? No one else cares about those things, but apparently haircuts are just a big deal, and I don't understand where that has come from, why we always freak out about haircuts. What's the deal? It's just another Tuesday. My hair's just a little shorter. Just relax about it already, okay? See, but on the other hand, 
women love to be asked about their hair, even if it hasn't been cut or anything. It's like, hey, did you get your hair cut? No, but thank you for asking. I think that's where it got started. The women. That's where it always starts. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna pay for that comment later, aren't I? So back in the summer, I want to say like August, when I was first trying to date Faith, um, I had a big group of friends and we all went out to Sonic and I had got my food and she was still deciding what she was going to order. She ordered and I paid for her meal, you know, like the gentleman I am. (laughs) And I remember after I paid for the meal, I set my card down on the table next to me and I don't remember seeing it after that. Well, then we're eating our food in the car and then she leaves and then me, Nick and Cam all go to uh, Sam's Fun City to go go karting. And on the way there, I'm like looking around, I'm feeling my pockets and stuff, and I don't have my debit card anymore. I'm like, oh, man. So I call Sonic. I'm like, hey, um, I was just there. Do you see a debit card out there? So the employee's like, okay, um, you're just here? And I was like, yeah. So they go outside, they look all around for the debit card, and the debit card is not there anymore. I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, because I'm looking all around the car. I'm in Cam's car in the back seat, looking all around. It's just not there. And he's got a really clean car normally, so I would have seen it. So I'm like, oh, man. So we're on the way to the go-karting place. I call my bank. I'm like, look, it's it's a Sunday, so I had to go like some weird call desk. And they're like, yeah, I, I don't want my card. I'm going to need uh, you to cancel that card because I don't have it. So I've had this card since two years ago when I started with my bank. So it's like, man, I got to change everything to this new card. So that was the end of that. And I just didn't have a debit card for like a month until I got a replacement. That was back in like August. A month ago, I forget if Cam FaceTimed me or he called me. Cam has since moved all the way uh, to Naples, Florida, which is like by Miami. So he's, he's moved a little bit away and he calls me and he has my old debit card. After all that time, he finds the debit card. And it turns out his brother was like looking in his car for something and he found it. And I don't know how because we looked in every crevice of that car for that card and we never found it. But somehow all these months later, after Cam has detailed his car multiple times, his brother found my debit card. And I was equally relieved and upset that he found it. Because I already had to change all my stuff, but Cam had it the whole time. So, in summary, unless you're actually dating the girl, don't pay. I'm just kidding. That's Don't follow that advice. That's bad advice. I think I've always had the fear not to call somebody an idiot over text because I'm really scared that I'm going to misspell the word idiot and then look like an idiot. It's just an ongoing fear. Another frustrating thing, like the haircut thing, is when when people are like, yeah, talk to Aaron, he's really funny, and somebody's like, yeah, say something funny. I hate that. That is ridiculous. You don't just like go to somebody and go, hey, say something funny for me right now, because that's, that's not at all how comedy has worked ever in the entire history of comedy, because any joke that you can just pull like, like, hey, did you hear what the cucumber said to the salad? Or some crap like that? That's just not how comedy works. See, I can't even do it right there. Like, that was a, that was a terrible setup to a joke. 
It's just a ridiculous request. I'm sorry. I just need to get these things off my chest. Up until a month ago, I literally thought Rascal Flats was the name of a man, like their lead singer of a band, kind of like, uh, I thought like, you know, like Prince or Michael Jackson, like they have a whole band, but it's Michael Jackson. I thought until a month ago that Rascal Flats was the name of the lead singer of the band. I didn't know that the whole band was Rascal Flats. And I feel like such an idiot that no one told me. It's kind of, it's the, it's the Jonas Brothers jumping rope thing again. No one has corrected me for, you know, almost 20 years now that I've known about the band. Yeah, that's right. I knew about the band when I was one years old. I actually don't know how old Rascal Flats is, the person, not the band. But still, I'm holding everyone accountable for not telling me that Rascal Flats is not a real person. Okay, I feel like this whole episode is me just freaking out about things that annoy me. Let's just change gears. Uh, I have one work story this time. That's it. Because I work in the back now and nothing of note happens any day of the week. Um, So anyway, I was on break uh, like two months ago. It's really early in the morning. I'm going on break at like 6.30 now. Yeah, that's a.m. So I'm sitting there eating my chicken burrito kind of not paying attention because I'm half asleep still. And one of the other supervisors walked past and they're like, hey, did you see that lady go in the bathroom? And I was like, no, I'm really not paying attention to anything right now. And they're like, well, she's been here like a really long time. Just, you know, like pay attention when she walks out of the bathroom. I was like, okay. So the girl comes out of the bathroom and goes and gets a coffee. And she gets her coffee And then she goes over the condiment bar and just unloads all this creamer and sugar and stuff, leaves it all over the condiment counter, and then walks away from it. Like, leaves the entire mess and just walks away. So then she starts to walk out the door, and she, like, puts her hand on the door and just pauses for, like, no joke, like, a minute and a half. It's just, like, standing, holding the door, and just looking at her coffee with, like, this crazy intense stare like the coffee is speaking to her in tongues so anyway she's sitting there looking at the coffee then she finally opens up the door and you know the building is all glass if you've seen any chick-fil-a in the world ever so i'm looking out the window at her and she's like walks out the door and immediately takes a right and starts to walk and then stops walking and then turns around and starts walking the other way just right into the parking lot So she's still just staring at this coffee, just looking at it intensely. Walks out, looks at the bush, and dumps out her coffee. And then walks back inside. She walks back inside, goes up to the counter, and goes, Um, there was some kind of ring around my coffee, around the the top. So I wasn't talking to her, or else I would have been like, yeah, there's a ring around the top, like every drink ever. So the the person at the counter gives her a refill on the drink, and it's like, hey, so this is the only refill you're going to get on this, so basically don't dump it out in the bush and come back inside. Like, this is it for you. So they refill the drink, 
and just give it back to her and she walks away. But this is the kind of crackhead stuff we get every single day at Chick-fil-A Navy Boulevard. So, support your local troops. Why don't we, as Americans, take advantage of citizens' arrest more? I'm so serious. Citizens' arrest is the most ridiculously awesome, unnecessary rule this country has that you as a citizen of america can walk up on the street look at somebody and say hey you're under arrest like what do you do with that like imagine somebody walking up to you on the street looking at you and said you're under arrest what what do you do like do do you run away do you say no how does that work i have so many questions and then like if Best case scenario, the person goes with you and you go to the police station. What do you say? You'd be like, yeah, they were jaywalking. It's your word against theirs. And what are they going to do at that point? Are you going to get a gold star? Are you going to get a little button that says honorary sheriff? I think one day I'm just going to like try to arrest somebody and see what happens. So I went to the movie theater recently. And I noticed when I went to the bathroom that the toilet said like two liters or like a gallon or whatever it was it said how much water was in the in the bowl and i found that so interesting why they labeled that on the toilet bowl that let me know how much water i was peeing into like at what point is somebody peeing and they're going hmm i wonder how much water i'm peeing into right now who does it help so i have this weird thing with tomatoes um it drives faith crazy. So basically, there's some foods that I like tomatoes on, but some foods that I don't like tomatoes on. So a lot of food I will take the tomatoes off of, but in recent years, I've realized that some foods require the tomatoes still in them to complete the flavor. Because on its own, I don't like tomatoes. But there are some things that they just are necessary for. And it's very interesting. So like some sandwiches, they'll come with tomatoes, but I have to have the tomato on it because the chef obviously has told me that this sandwich needs a tomato to complete the flavor. But on a cheeseburger, I don't want a tomato. I don't need it. So there's that. There was no follow-up joke on that. I was just talking about my tomato theory and seeing if you shared that. But, you know, there's that. About two months ago, my boss paid for all of the leadership in the restaurant to take like actual Enneagram quizzes, not like ones you find online. It's like the actual like Enneagram Institute or something. And a lady came in for two classes and taught a class on our different types of Enneagrams and stuff like that. And I was the only type seven in the entire score. No one else even got close to type seven. Which, if you know the team and me, no one was surprised by that because everyone's very, like, work. And not that I'm not, you know, all work about everything, but Seven is the entertainer. It's the person who's the personality and wants to do everything for, to entertain everybody. It's, everyone saw it coming. But it was funny because when she was going around the room... Uh, at the end of the class, she like gave everyone a paper and it was like things that you want to do, things you want to continue doing and things that you don't want to like do things you want to like quit. And, um, throughout the class, we all had like papers of, um, the levels of 
basically like <laughs> the levels of sanity that your number um your number gets to like under stress so like you know it's like very high high average low then very low and also it showed you the people that you like pair with like celebrities wise so like i've got you know jim carrey robin williams robert downey jr you'd understand that because it's the entertainers but at the end of the list basically at the lowest low it was like suicide (laughs) so i wrote on my paper things i don't want to do is ever get to the lowest place because it's suicide and um it was just really funny because the the teacher was going around the, the the class and was like yeah what what do you want not want to do and i went yeah i don't want to get to the last part because i die at the last part and she was like well and i was like no i think i don't want to get there <laughs> so there's that i also think if you were to learn about sevens you kind of understand why i haven't done this podcast in a while because basically one of the things it's like once the seven performs for a really long time and is like being forced to do something, it's not going to want to do it anymore because it's just tired and doesn't want to do anything. So yeah, that's me. I'm Aaron Brown. Text me. We can talk more about it. So in January, my friend Trevor got married and I was one of his groomsmen. Uh, For his bachelor party we all went to outback steakhouse which i haven't been to an outback steakhouse since like 2010 when i went in texas and i got food poisoning doesn't matter anyway um i was really excited to go back to outback like as an adult because i was you know 11 years old then probably so we get to outback steakhouse and i'm really not that hungry uh it's kind of later it's like eight o'clock i think it was um i'm like all right i'll get the potato soup i'll order that so the waiter comes over and he's just like really intense about everything. He's being very like um, interrogative about everything. So it's just like, what do you want? What do you need? And at first you kind of think it's kind of a joke, but no, that's just, he's just real intense about his job. So finally, um, he's going around the table asking, you know, drinks and orders and everything. So he gets over to me to take my order and he goes, what do you have? And I said, I'll have potato soup, please. And he goes, we're out. But the way he said it was as if like a dad way of saying it. Like, it's just like, oh, potato machine's broken. But whenever he said, we're out of potato soup, I looked at him and I went, seriously? You got a a potato soup? (laughs) He said, yeah. And I looked down and I said, I guess I'll have the Caesar salad, uh, but can I have a side of mashed potatoes? And he goes, we're out of potatoes. <laughs> and I go, okay, I'll just have the salad then. And he's like, you sure you don't want like the entree salad? I said, nope, just the, just the Caesar salad will be fine. I just wanted some potatoes, which I didn't think would be such a crazy request at a restaurant that sells potatoes. I digress. So after a little bit, we're just having general conversation, you know, random table talks at one point we're talking about ostrich eggs and the dude just busts in he's like well you know ostrich eggs if you you know you try to eat one it's illegal you can get arrested for it because they're endangered and we're like 
okay. Like, you could tell he was, like, holding in that information for this exact moment. He just jumped right in and told us about it. And it only got weirder from there. So the guy's name is Trevor as well. So, you know, Trevor's getting married. We're talking about the wedding. And we're like, yeah, actually, his name's Trevor too. And then Trevor points over to David and he goes, and that's David, but we call him D-Money. That's his nickname. And he goes, ugh, I need to hear about this one. Like, there's some long story to it. (laughs) Trevor goes, well, his name is David, so D. And then we just added money to it. So his name is is D money. <laughs> so then he gets over to the guy next to Trevor, and then there he goes, and what do they call you? <laughs> and Trevor goes, Well, we just call him Matthew because his name's Matthew. <laughs> so then he looks at me and he goes, So what do they call you? And I, straight faced, without making any contact with him, was just eating my salad and said, They call me Big Papa, and kept eating. And he goes, Wow, you a Red Sox fan? And I went, nope, and kept on eating my not potatoes. So then we get back to David, and he's like, you know, you look like, and I want to say he was like talking about some kind of like, quote unquote, professional chess player or something like that. He's like, yeah, you look like him. Does you, look, up a, look up a picture of this guy right now. And he kind of looked like him, but he was Asian too, so it was kind of racist, but it's okay. So anyway, he was going on about that. And we're, again, just talking about, you know, Trevor getting married and everything like that. And the guy then, he goes, let me give you some advice. And I think the funniest part was he's he's a wedding photographer. And he goes, hey, I give the same toast at every wedding that I shoot. Now, what wedding is having their photographer give a toast? I digress. So he goes, just know. Everything you do for her, you'll receive back tenfold. Now, the message he was conveying, basically, spoilers before I get into this, what he was conveying is, give to your woman as much as you can. That way, you can get back more from her. Not the best message to be giving out to a bunch of young guys at an outback at like 8 o'clock at night, but you know. That's what Trevor was feeling that night. So he's talking about how him and his girlfriend, they've this man is well into his 40s. He's talking about how he and his girlfriend have been together for like 10 years, but they don't want to get married. They don't want to ruin anything. It's ridiculous. Whatever. We don't have to talk about that. He kept talking about how great her job was and all this. Anyway, he's talking about how he just kept, you know, giving her all these gifts and stuff all year. But then for Christmas, he got this pouch. And inside this pouch was some fancy extravagant camera. I don't remember what kind it was. Doesn't really matter. He's like, yeah, I got this brand new Fujifilm XYZ premium, new in the case with three, get this, three new lenses. And then... I open up one of the pouches, and inside, she has a subscription to Photoshop. Yeah, that's right, Photoshop, for six months. And then, I open up the pouch, and inside the pouch, there are two, yeah, that's right, count them, two HD 
64 gigabyte memory cards, which in the grand scheme of things, I mean, guys, it's 2016 now. 64 gigs isn't that much. So he goes, just know, everything you do for your woman, you will receive back tenfold. That's right, tenfold. And he kept saying that over and over, tenfold. So after um, our wedding photographer gives us the speech, he then bids us adieu, gets our checks wrong but fixes them, comes back over and uh, wishes us on our way. And after he starts wrapping up, I, of course, have been sitting on this the whole time. I say, all right, guys, to Trevor and Derek. And with that, he made a face and walked away. So congratulations, you two. I hope Trevor and Derek are very happy with each other. So recently, Faith's brother got married. Uh, we went to the wedding together, and we were just dressed nice, so I, I offered to take her out to dinner afterwards. So I took her out to a nice sit-down restaurant, uh, Oyster Bar, out on Pretty Doe. And it was a Saturday night. It was kind of later, so it was just a whole bunch of old people. We were probably the only couple there under 65 and also were the only one sober. So it was really funny because like they were just so busy and they were kind of short-staffed. I mean, not that that's funny. It's just we had like five different waiters and waitresses the entire night. So at one point, um, one of the waitresses came over and they were like, so what are we celebrating? And before Faith could say anything, I reached over and grabbed her arm and looked at the waitress in the eyes and said, five years and the waitress said oh how nice and walked away before even asking what the five years even was faith was mortified but i was really hoping the waitress would come back that way i could tell her i was five years sober of my flintstones vitamin addiction because you know the place where you celebrate your sobriety of flintstones vitamins is an oyster bar so over Thanksgiving, uh, all my family was in town, but the night before Thanksgiving, I had a flat tire, and I was like, oh no. So all of Thanksgiving, I didn't have a car, and my truck was just in the driveway, just with a flat tire. It really sucked. Anyway, um, I had a extra tire underneath the truck, so we flipped those out, but it looked different from the rest of the tire, so I had to go get the other one patched and everything like that. So I go to the tire place next to the mall, and I thought I can just go get some Christmas shopping done while my truck is in the shop right next to it. So I get to the tire place, and um, I'm telling all, all my information and everything. I'm like, yeah, I just need this tire patch. If you can also you know, change my oil and stuff like while it's here, that'd be great. So he goes, um, have you been to Firestone before? I said, uh, no, but check if my parents have uh, the phone numbers this. And he goes, Scott and Dawn? I said, yeah, those are my parents. And he goes, great. So I give him all my stuff, pay for it, leave. Takes about an hour. I come back and I walk up to the, the desk and it's a different guy. And I say, uh, yeah, I'm just picking up my truck. It's out, out there. I see it's done. Um, can I get the keys and all that? And he goes, what was the name? I said, Brown. And he looks around. And looks at something else. And he goes, what was the car? I said, it's a, it's a Ford Ranger. And he goes, ah. And he goes in the back. He goes, hey, guys, has anyone seen the keys for Brown for a Ford Ranger? I don't see them anywhere. And then the guy who talked to me the first time walks out. And he goes, Ford Ranger. Yeah, Johnson. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, you're, 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 you're Johnson, right? You have the two other cars on there that were, you know, the, the Mustangs. Johnson. Scott and Don Johnson. 
I was like, brown, but okay, we'll go with that. And he goes, yeah, here's your Ford Ranger. So apparently there's another Scott and Don, not with the last name Brown, that have a similar phone number or the same phone number that have two Mustangs that I'm now a part of their account. I was really confused by that, but you know, I got my truck. Doesn't matter. So I'm realizing, or I've realized that I have this issue that I've never really been aware of, but now that I'm in a relationship and someone studies me 24-7, I've, I've become aware of it. So I have this problem of the tone of how I say things, and I don't mean it, but uh, here's a for instance. So um, when your girlfriend looks at you and says, hey, you want to go do this thing, the answer should not be, yeah, I guess, and should be, yes, that would be wonderful, let's do that right now, because apparently I have a problem with saying those sort of things in that tone, because I'm just very blunt, and I don't mean to be, like when a coworker has a kid who is just with a doctor and has just come out with, you know, the diagnosis, you're supposed to ask, hey, is everything okay? Not, hey man, what's wrong with your kid? Or so it's been explained to me. I'm Aaron Brown, and I have a problem. So, so if I can just get serious for a moment here. Um, I know you don't really come here for the serious stuff that often. You know, you kind of come here to flip your brain off and listen to me complain about water and toilet bowls and that kind of stuff. But um, if we can talk about the giant planet-sized elephant in the room here, um, this uh, this virus stuff. I know everyone's like, yeah, it's okay, but I mean, it's, 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 it's a little scary, you know, having to go everywhere looking like a ninja turtle with your gloves and your mask and all that. Um, you know, we have to, we have to go out and not, not fear, but yeah, the world has conveyed this image of, you know, going outside is, is scary and that really stinks that that's the kind of world that we're living in now, you know, since last time I've done this podcast and we're living in a very different time. And, um, so Faith and I are watching through Boy Meets World right now, which I've seen Boy Meets World a hundred times and love it, but she's never seen it. So I know everything that's going to happen. I know how everyone ends up. I know every episode, every storyline. I know every arc. I know all of it, but she's watching it for the very first time ever. And it's really interesting because throughout the show, anytime they're in an issue and they're in trouble or something's not looking right, she always looks over at me and, you know, is, is it going to be okay? You know, are, are Corey and Tabanga going to end up together? You know, are, is Eric going to get into college? What What's going to ha- happen with Sean? What's all these questions? And every single time she asks me a question, I look at her and just say, just watch the show. And I say that every single time. I say, just watch the show, Faith. Just, just watch through it. You'll see. Everything's going to be okay. And I think I realized after probably the 13th, 14th time I said it to her, I said, just watch the show. I kind of thought about it. I thought about that's kind of probably what God is thinking in heaven right now. You know, that's what he's saying to us. You know, he's already seen the end of the show. He's already seen Feeney dismiss the class for the final time. He knows how everyone ends up. 
He knows every storyline. He's written every episode from beginning to end. He's even seen Girl Meets World already. He knows the sequel to the show. And when we're sitting there worried, praying, you know, how, how's the world going to end up? How, what, what are we going to look at? At the end of the day, he's looking at us and just saying, hey, just watch the show. It's going to be okay. And I kind of find comfort in that, you know. So I'm not saying, you know, don't take this seriously. Don't, you know, be cautious. But you just got to remember. You just got to watch the show. I'm Aaron Brown, and uh, we'll talk about it next time. Class dismissed.